Welcome to the Northridge Church Podcast, a weekly rewind of Sunday's talk. Good morning again. Let me again just say we're glad you're here and uh, just in staying in theme with playoff weekend, we're running the uh, triple option today. You get all three of us today, all right? You get all three of us in one. So There you uh, go. Um, so, hey, the purpose of today is um, just to kind of continue to talk a little bit about what Tony introduced uh, last week. He did a great job of, of, of kind of giving us uh, some calling orders as, as far as our mission, our vision for the future. And our purpose today is just to kind of break that down a little bit more uh, practically, kind of see the, the, the madness behind uh, our, our methods. methods. Yeah, I think it's normally go. the method behind your madness. There we go. It's the madness behind our methods. Yeah. There we go. Um, and so just to kind of see what that looks like, because, you know, we can, we can throw out a, a term and it can just kind of get lost. And so what we want to do is we want to create an opportunity for you really to hear uh, what our desire is as far as where we feel God is leading us as, as a church. And so that's kind of the purpose of the day, right, guys? Yeah. Okay. So last week, Tony, I wrote this down because I did not want to mess it up, mess it up because you said it. Uh, it was great what you said. And it says, you said, God has called us to be more than what we are. In other words, more than how the world defines us, uh, more than uh, even how we define ourselves. Um, And I thought that was so critical and so crucial to what we're talking about because you're exactly right. And then you showed it to us through scripture that God has called us to stand in the gap. He has called us to be more. Uh, and so talking about that, you know, we really kind of introduced this idea of standing in the gap uh, back in August. And, and we uh, invited folks at Northbridge to, to step up and take a, a piece of Lego and fill in the gap in the wall over there as just a, a way of saying, hey, we are willing to, to be on board with this. We are willing to, to take this idea of standing in the gap and take it to the next level. Uh, and so that being said, you know, it would be very easy for us just to look at uh, what we're talking about last week and this week and this, this idea of standing in the gap as just a, a two-week sermon series or, or just kind of a, a catchy phrase for, the, for us just to kind of feel good about. But the reality of it, it is so much more than that. It is actually what we're actually looking at is, is kind of a 10-year kind of vision. Um, and so the first thing I guess I ask is why is it so important for us to understand that? that aspect of it and where God is leading us over the next 10 years. Why is that so crucial for us as leaders uh, and as a, as a church? Uh, you know, a piece of it is, John, just my natural DNA. I'm not that guy to say, hey, here's what I want to accomplish in five years. Here's what I want to accomplish in 10 years. Here's what I want to accomplish you know, at the end of my life. I'm a person that's very comfortable in being in the here and now. And relationship, and let's let's uh, let's you know let's get to know one another, and let's just love on one another. Let's experience the Lord together, and and I understand the weakness to that. I get the strengths of those of who I am, but the weakness is at the end of the day, everyone just kind of sitting here going, what 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 now? Mm-hmm. You know, and and we don't necessarily have a charge. And so you know, Scripture is you know, here, here today, folks. I am making endorsement. The Bible is correct. You know. 
the scripture says without Woo! vision, the people perish, right? right? That's part of our vision. Yeah, yeah. Glad yeah. to know that. The, yeah, glad to know that's where I stand at. The, the scripture says and makes very clear that when people live life without a vision, without something that's picking them up and driving them onwards, they perish. And so mm-hmm. as a church... We flounder when we're just living day to day, trying to deal with the next fire that we mm-hmm. got to put out or having to pay the next bill or when the next, you know, when the next uh, uh, HV unit, HVAC unit goes mm-hmm. and do we get enough money to, to pay for that? When, when that's our vision, just doing life from day to day to day, we really miss out on God's supernatural mm-hmm. blessing in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yesterday I... Uh, <clears throat> Probably some of you were in the same boat I was, and I just stayed in all day long, watched some football, did some channel surfing, and I, I channel surfed, uh, surfed to uh, one of those home uh, shopping network thingamajiggers yeah. oh, out there. What'd you buy? And, uh, well, I didn't buy anything. I held <laughs> okay. it. But this is what I found very fascinating. It's going to tie into what you just said. Um, they were selling a vacuum cleaner. And boy, they were talking up that vacuum cleaner like n- no one can talk about vacuum cleaner. What kind and was it? I like the vacuum. It, it was a Hoover vacuum cleaner, and Karen from Alabama called in as a testimony. <laughs> Sorry, Karen, if you're listening. Karen, yeah, <laughs> online there might be a Karen out there. I'm talking to you. But um, so this is what she said, which I, I thought was I just blew my mind in that moment. Was she's like, how in the world could I have ever lived my life without this vacuum cleaner? And this is what she said: It has completed me. Wow. Mm. And so I, I took her up on that challenge. I vacuumed my living room and. And Karen from Alabama, I just disagree. I, I just I walked away not completed by my vacuum. <laughs> you had the wrong vacuum cleaner. But, yeah, I guess I did. But here, here it is, is that we do live in the mundane. Yeah. That a vacuum cleaner or, or a cookware mm-hmm. or a can opener or whatever it is, um, that we can make those audacious statements. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we live our lives, um, whether we're believers or, or non-believers, but when we live our lives without that vision of what the purposes of God is for us, then we tend to live in that mundane world. We tend to cheapen our lives and, and the purpose of our lives um, if we're not in step with the vision of God for our lives. And I would even say this on, the, on a grander scale for our, as a church, that we can get wrapped up in the mundaneness of doing church, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Instead of recognizing and knowing what the purpose of our gathering, why has God taken individuals, you know, nearly 200 plus individuals from every walk of life and brought them together. It just can't be just for two hours alone on a Sunday morning to experience, you know, a worship service. There's got to be much more to it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm looking forward to, because I I think God has really spoken to us and through the leadership process, we're walking it out, um, that there is a, a phenomenal purpose for our gathering, for our being together, for doing life together in the next 10 years. Yeah. And Dave, you know, going back to your statement, when we're in that position, whether it's as a church or as a person vacuum cleaning, right, we just float through life like a ghost. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, mm-hmm. we really don't affect people right. around us. And we don't affect the people closest mm-hmm. to us. And we don't affect the people that are just even farther away from us. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, if vacuuming completes you, you're more than welcome to impact my life by coming over and cleaning my house. But There uh, you go. But I, I do think that, uh, you know, obviously we who are connected to God through faith in Jesus Christ um, believe that Jesus is um, our hope. Jesus is our answer for our life. And, 
And Jesus is the one who completes us. And for us as a church family, uh, to come around that and and, and these three major areas we're going to talk about in a few moments, um, I believe that we will become more excited and we we will begin to see the purposes of God for our lives when we are engaged in leading others mm-hmm. to know Jesus. Now, whatever that may look like, whether yeah. it be just in a community invite or inviting them to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, I- I'm just excited about how that's going to look like in the next few years in our church yeah. family. So, standing in the gap, it's going to be around for a while. You're going to hear that term, not just these two weeks, not just uh, you know next week to come or the next couple of weeks, but that is... Really, what it's something that's a vision that we really feel God pulling us and leading us in. Now, the reality of it is, is that's obviously not going to happen overnight. Yeah. I mean, it's not just going to take place like that, you know. And so, there's going to be some things that are going to happen uh, over the next uh, 90 days, year, three or five years after that, that that we really are going to have to put into place. And so, first, let's just talk about the next 90 days. We're we're going to do some things in the next 90 days to make sure that everyone at North has an opportunity to understand, to truly understand what it is that God is calling us to do and to actually hear what God is calling us to do and be very clear on that. So what are we going to be doing over the next 90 days? Well, the first part you said is clearness, clarity. Mm -hmm. And so we can read the statement, we can see it on a video, and it can mean a thousand things to a thousand different people. And so it's going to be important for us as a church to understand what are we truly communicating that we want to accomplish and we believe God wants to accomplish through us. So the best way we know how to help people understand that is to engage them where we live. Where do we live? We live in small group. And mm-hmm. so one of the things we're going to be doing is uh, when when you start off with your small group, we created, we, we built a uh, a small group uh, session or small group series uh, around our purpose. And so people, you can look forward to when you get back into your small groups in, in February, that that's going to be the first thing right out of the gate is we're asking every small group leader to take their groups through that discussion so that we can we can uh, have that. Uh, we're going to also be taking... And you guys, you actually, your small group kind of has, has already kind of walked through this a little bit. That's right. Yeah. We kind of pioneered that. We put that together. Mm-hmm. My, my, not just myself, my entire group. I asked them to lead out. Mm-hmm. And, and each person has in our small group had a stake and had a part. Uh, and so I create, took what they, had, what they created, refined it a little bit, put it together for our yeah. small group leaders to have and to walk through with their small groups then in February. Um, along with that, we're going to expect and, and we, we commit to you guys. Uh, so obviously, there's three groups out there that have a pastor that's in their group. But uh, the other groups don't necessarily have a pastoral contact on a regular basis. And so our pledge to you is we will come and connect with you in the next 90 days or the first 90 days of small group life. Uh, you'll hear from one of us and be able to sit down and ask questions, uh, talk about the meaning of, of what this statement is uh, for, for us as a church, for you as a family. Uh, we'll, we'll unpack that together. Um, and then in addition to that, you know, John, John, why don't you just share about the, the Who's Your One initiative? Yeah. So what, what we're going to be looking at doing is there's a, we're going to be going through a, a, a curriculum, I guess you would say, that, that is going to just encourage us to kind of identify that one, that one person in, in your life, in your sphere of influence that just needs to experience God. 
And, and then what does that look like as we encourage you just to kind of investigate that, build that relationship? Uh, that obviously is going to be built around uh, a lot of things, but we're going to encourage you and show you how uh, to navigate that and how to look for opportunities to just share your faith. And some of that's going to be through prayer. And Dave, I'm going to kind of let you kind of take it from there. Yeah, I, I think that one of, the, one of the things I'm very, very excited about um, for the next several years as well as the next 90 days is beginning to... Uh, invite all of us into ownership of praying and asking the Lord to do an incredible thing in our midst and maybe even do the impossible. You know, for us, we live in the realm of we can only do so much, but we serve a God and, we, and we're related to a God who is a God of all possibility. And begin to just invite us and into how do we pray and, and learning how to pray and, and asking the Lord to um, and, and move in our relationships with other people, but also to move within our community here, right? And so God, asking God to, to strengthen us as a church, um, but also asking God to give us those platforms that, that for the one that we've chosen to, to invest and to invite in, that God would begin to move in that mm-hmm. regard as well. So I'm, I'm excited to be able to kind of help us walk down the, the path of of realizing that prayer is is about just a relationship with God and asking God to to allow the supernatural to engage us in the natural realm. Now, we've been doing this bits and pieces by Mm -hmm. adding prayer to our platform. I'm not sure if you've recognized that or not, but there have been times where we've done intentional prayers uh, on stage. But also, I want to be able to, and I know our hearts, is be able to help you uh, take a prayer and develop that within your own personal time, within your own family time as well, and begin to see God engage with you on that level. Anything else on the 90 days, guys? I think that's the that's four good. areas right. we're hitting. Yeah. So, so then again, back to, to last week, you actually introduced to us or talked about three big words, three, three big words that you kind of threw out there. Does anyone remember what those three words were? Silence. <laughs> I'll give you some initials. All right, all right. P C S. All right, those are the initials of what it starts with. Anybody? Pray, care, share. Yes, thank, thank you. you. Give that man. I a would candy hope bar. our worship leader would know. <laughs> say thank you. All right. Prayer, care, and share. And you know, so so really that is gonna be kind of our 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 focus. In our one-year plan, I mean, we are really going to be taking these ideas of praying, of caring, and sharing, and developing that, and developing that in the life of our church over the next year. So let's talk about what does that look like, uh, or how are some some ways that we're going to be able to do that. Yeah. So first of all, when we think about that, think of prayer, care, and share as our formula. When you sit back and say, "How do I introduce the?" the gospel of God, the gospel of grace, the thing that has transformed me, how can I even begin to share with a coworker or a classmate or a neighbor or a family member? Where do I even start at? This is the formula that helps you, informs you of what you do and what you're to do. First, we start with prayer. We start with by just saying, God, I lift up so-and-so, I lift up my brother, I lift up my sister, I lift up my father, I lift up my co-worker to you. Lord, I believe you love them as much as you love me. Would you begin to penetrate their lives with the gospel? Would you begin to show me ways that I could, that I could share the gospel with them? Honestly, truth be told here, I, I, I get 
that there's going to be some of us who you're stone cold when it comes to the idea of sharing the gospel with anybody in your community. You could give a rip about that. I, I get that. I'm, I'm a pragmatist. And here's what I would say for you. It begins with prayer too. Mm. And it begins with maybe you start your prayer by saying, God, when I read your word, I see that you have a heart for lostness and I don't have a heart for lostness. And Jesus, if you own my heart, then there's a problem. There's a big problem. So maybe God, would you begin to break my heart and give me the kind of heart that you have? And maybe for some of us, that's where we begin our prayer at, just saying, Lord, teach me to care like you care, right? And we, we begin with prayer. We're, the goal is to, un, everything we do needs to begin with the foundation of prayer. Uh, and so out of that, we discover and learn that we uh, start showing, before we show the world how much we know about God, let's show the world how much God has changed us. Let's show the world how much we care, not because we're super natural in our caring, not because we're super good people and other people are not, but because we worship a God who is a God of love, who is a God who comes and has practical answers for people who have practical needs. And we will uh, begin to care for people in a way that, that God cares for them. You know, one of the things I think was really fascinating to me, because we've been on this journey together for a year, year and a half, and just beginning to talk, and we've been meeting and sharing, sharing these things that have been on our heart with the leadership team. And one of the things that on the prayer, care, and share is that it, it's not, we're not reinventing the wheel. No, no, no. We're just going back to, to Scripture. And as we walked through our time in Acts this past year, I mean, that, those three things just came out over and over again. Those were the practices of the New Testament church, right? As, as they prayed, and God engaged them through their prayer, and God moved in their midst as they shared, as they took care of one another, another as, they, as they reached out uh, through evangelism, through, through acts of service and kindness, God, God used that um, to bring people to him that were far from him. And so and they, all they were doing was reflecting the heart and the ministry of Jesus, because he was a man of prayer. He was a man that obviously shared um, who God was and, and that was sharing that God has made a way for people and he cared for people. And so I'm glad that we're going back to the basics because I think that in the basics, um, we will see God move in a powerful way. And we're, we, we're a simple church method and model, right? Yeah. And so it would behoove me, that's a good word, behoove me. Ooh. It would amuse me if we <laughs> had made... Um, this a more complicated affair than it really is. Yeah. So, and then, and you know, it, this is more than just a personal level too. I mean, this is something that we will continue to introduce and do even as a as a church level too. As we invite our, our church to continue to pray about activities that we are involved in and look for opportunities as we can continue to care for yeah. and, and do those things as well. It was, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. It was born out of last year, if you remember, we, did, we threw a goal out there, the 5 by 10 by 15 plan, in mm -hmm. which we said, you know, we were going to start five new groups. We were going to um, uh, see 10 new volunteers come and serve. Oh, no, we were going to see 10 people come to Christ and, and be impacted by Christ that were not the year before, you know, and then we were going to see 15 people uh, come and, and serve, 15 of our people who are not serving in any capacity serve on a regular basis. Well, we knocked that out of the park as far as the five. We developed seven new groups during that summer, during that season that met for a period of time. We, we saw as far as volunteers go, we had like, like 19 people who, 
who were not serving on a regular capacity step up and start serving in practical ways. But the area that we, we fell short on was the area of seeing people that were far from God coming uh, to the kingdom. And, that, you know, I looked at that, and I realized a big part of that was not because we, that the church was poor, you know, we were just mean and we didn't care and we don't, you know, care about the gospel. No, that was not true. But what I saw was there was, A, a fear, and so people were just kind of reluctant to engage people. I mean, there was a fear. We have in our church a fear to share what we have a hope for. And so I began asking the question, Lord, how do we break through this fear? And, and also not just fear was there. I also saw that there were people saying, how? How do I share the gospel? So also saw a, a need to help people, disciple people, equip people to be able to give an answer when someone were to say, why are you a Christian? Or how do you become a Christian? That, that a lot of times we just get flat-footed and we'd be like, uh, uh, I prayed a prayer and I walked down an aisle. And you go, well, okay, what, what pray, prayer do you pray? And well, in our church, we don't even really have an aisle. So where do you walk down? You know, what, is that, how does, what does that look for us? And so that really began the process for me to say, how do we practically teach people to help folks or equip folks to be able to, mm-hmm. to give an answer for the faith that they have and how other people can have the same kind of faith in their life. Mm-hmm. Dave, what was that? I was just going to say that um, there's, there's an invitation on all three levels, right? There's an invitation to pray. Um, and I would say we talked about this in the first service a little bit about, about how God has internally uh, made all of us. Some of us are extroverts, some of us are introverts, some, some of us are extrovert, introvert. Um, but in every, in all ways, and no matter who you are and how God has built you internally, there's an invitation for you to take ownership and take a part of, of this overall vision. Whether it be the inv- invitation to pray, the invitation to share, the invitation to care, um, you have a role in that. Mm-hmm. It's just not the three pastors um, or even the leadership level, um, but we, are, we believe that when you, when you step up to the plate, um, with all of your complexities and with all of your wonderment, um, that God can engage you and engage others through you because of your, your form of influence. I, I was just thinking about, you know, uh, we're in our 15th year, you know, 15th year of, of, of Northbridge existence, right? 2005, am I correct? Correct. Ten years ago, I showed up. Yeah. And I showed up. Yeah, no, that was a mm-hmm. that was a life that was a life game changing <laughs> thing, you know, in the history of church. But what I meant by that was, ten years ago, um, I was in need of community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And ten years ago, I was searching for what's next in my life and what God was doing in my life. And it was honestly an invite uh, from someone in this church that invited me here. And I and I, last night I was thinking through the processing this. I owe everything. I owe everything to what God is doing in my life today. It goes all the way back to that one invite. Mm-hmm. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So we, we have no idea where, what God's purpose and what God's going to do in an in a, in a individual's life when he puts it on our heart to step out and to trust him in our relationships and to begin the invitation process. There's a lot more to it than just what we can see on the surface. And they're, they're not going to appreciate this one bit, but I just want to make sure I got my links crossed here. It was the Hefners who invited you, yeah, wasn't it? No, it, yeah, it was Rose. Uh, Rose, at, at, of all places, McDonald's. And uh, <laughs> that uh, we never, she and I have never visited at McDonald's ever again. It was just one of those... God, God moments. You, you but choose again, not to visit with her at McDonald's, it, it, or, or no? We just yeah. <laughs> just, I was, was going to say that I, 
Oh, John. I, was, I say that uh, um, God will set up those opportunities. Yeah. yeah. So we just got to walk into those yeah. moments. So it's not, I mean, there, there's intentionality with this. I yeah. mean, as, as we, we have to be willing to engage uh, and, and allow God to use us. But the reality of it is, is for some, if not for most of us, it's intimidating. It, it can be very intimidating. So what do you say? What do you say to that? What do you say to that person that's just intimidated? Like, I just don't, I mean, hey, I get it. I understand it. I know it. But ugh, I just, there's just something that I just can't get over that hump. Well, everything in our life, um, and especially in our discipleship experience, um, he's always going to take us and lead us down paths that we're not familiar with. And it goes back to what Tony stated at the very, very beginning uh, of our time today. Either we can choose, because we do have a choice. We can choose to live in mundaneness, um, or we can choose to say, God, um, I want to experience in my life what you want me to experience. And to allow him, allow, and it's a trust issue, to allow him to take us and give us opportunities that we never thought possible ourselves. But the way he's created us and the dynamics he's brought into our life, we have the ability to do so. Mm-hmm. So every, we have to continue to push back in our flesh that just wants to live in that mundaneness, humdrumness. Mm-hmm. Um, no one impacts me. No, I don't impact anybody else. And begin to say, God, there's much more to this life you've given me. Mm-hmm. And to trust him in mm-hmm. that. You know, and just to, to kind of understand what this looks like on a personal level, you know, and this is, you know, just so you know, I mean, we're not asking you to do something that we're not willing to do, you know, I mean, this is definitely something, it's not just, uh, hey, you guys go answer the call and just report back to us, you know, um, you know, about four, four and a half months ago, I was looking for someone to cut my hair, and um, I happened to show up at a little place over uh, by Cherokee Junior High, I went in, and I got this guy to, to start cutting my hair. And, uh, the, you know, the first time I was there, I, I was just, there was something about, I was just kind of drawn to, to, the, to the guy. Uh, he's younger. Um, he's definitely, uh, I have no doubt that he does not know Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And I think that's what kind of drew me to it. And so I just kind of went in there that one time. But then it was kind of interesting as uh, God just kind of continued to ur- give me this, this urgency to connect with this guy. And so um, I've been going to him now for like four and a half months. Um, and every time I go, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I, I, I'm like, okay, I want to have an opportunity to just, would God open a door? Would God open a door? And, you know, there's been some times that I thought a door opened that I didn't take it because I was just a, kind of a little nervous about all the other people around, you know. And then there was times that, that God has opened a door that I have taken it, you know. And, and I finally have had an opportunity to share with him uh, the last time that we, we sat down and he cut my hair as he was talking about Allah and Buddha and a lot of other uh, reli- you know, religion leaders. Uh, and then he even mentioned Jesus Christ and, and he kind of kept going. I was able to pull him back to Jesus and we, we had a really interesting conversation about Jesus. That's the first time I've had an open conversation about that with him there. And I just feel like, you know what, I'm just going to continue to go. Yeah. I'm going to see where God yeah. leads it. Um, but that's kind of what we're talking about. And, and it may not be a, a guy that cuts your hair for you. It may be uh, someone that lives down the street. It may be someone that you go to work with every single day. Or it may be someone that lives in your own home. You know. Yeah. Um, 
But we all face some, some fear. We all face fear of rejection. We all, we all face uncomfortableness. But we have to allow ourselves to overcome that through our faith in who, who Jesus is. Yeah. So we have one more. We, have a, we actually have a, a, another stage that we need to kind of talk about. And, and so we've talked about 90 days, and, and we've kind of got a, a plan in place there. We've talked about our focus over the next year, which is what? Three words. Three words. <laughs> Prayer, care, share. All we right. might be doing that yeah. every Sunday All right. because yeah. All right. to make sure people yeah. know it. Yeah. And so kind of the next part of this is, is just a little bit farther out there, and that's a three to five year, three to five year vision that just is going to keep us focused on this idea of standing in the gap. So let's talk about this piece. Yeah, so these are the big ideas, the big rocks, if you will, that are going to be in our life as a church body. And the first one, uh, these are not necessarily in order. We're not saying one's the first one's most important, the fourth one's least important. Matter of fact, it might be reverse even. Uh, but the first thing that's on my mind is multiplication, that as a church, we're going to pay attention to growing, growing people. God's, God's put us here to grow his kingdom. And so part of growing his kingdom is us having the opportunity, as we have as we have opportunity to share our faith, that we do that, and we see we see ourselves multiplied. Um, and you know, we've kind of already described that through prayer, care, and share. Uh, we're talking also about leadership—the idea that we have to, if we're going to see multiplication hap happen, we have to see leaders multiply as well. And people who maybe are serving right now—they're—they're they're involved in the church, but they wouldn't consider themselves leaders. They, over the next few years, we're going to see those some of those folks maybe begin to see themselves as leaders and help equip them and help give them some tools and some coaching to see themselves as leadership. I might also stop there and just say leadership. Let's define that because you know there's people that will sit back and they think at a traditional church setting, well, I want to be a leader. So that means I'm now the president of, of the Sunday school brigade, or mm -hmm. I'm now in charge, you know, and, and here's the thing. Again, our goal is to make leaders be people who are not busy managing church property or infrastructures within the, within the church so that you can't do anything without the church. So if there's some of you that are hungry and go, man, I want leadership and, and you're, I'm just honest, so I'm going to get in trouble possibly. There's some people who say that they want leader, they want to be leaders, but what they want to do is they want to be in a position to boss people around or to make sure that their opinion's known over everyone else's. I'm going to be honest with you. If that's you, there's some things that God's going to have to do in you to break those things away and to, to chisel some things. That was a nice way of saying it. That was it. a great uh, way of saying it. Chisel some of those things away because this is what I'm looking for for a leader. I'm looking for, When I describe leadership, I'm saying these are people who they have the wherewithal to do some things outside of showing up to church to affect people outside. So if you come to me and you say, Tony, I want to be a leader, the first thing I'm doing is I start giving you assignments for your home. And then if you think I'm like, like just blowing you off, I'm not. What I'm doing is saying, well, that's what you're going to be a leader of. A leader will begin impacting people outside of the here and now. So, so we're training people who will start new small groups. We don't have a line. We don't have 50 people. We, we might have 20 people who don't have a small group that they're meeting in right now, but we don't have like, like 50 people waiting to join small group. But you know what? Maybe if you're preparing yourself to be a small group leader, maybe part of that is then to, to find some people in your community, find some people that live on the street with you, and you say, I'm going to start a small group, and I'm going to start a small group with people that aren't going to Northbridge. 
And that's what I'm talking about with leadership is mm-hmm. people who aren't just looking to man. That, that's why I'm not looking for managers. We're not looking for managers to manage this group. We're looking for entrepreneurial leaders who can say, I can look and see nothing and build something. And that's what we believe God's calling us uh, to, to champion. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave, talk to us about prayer. Yeah, I was going to say that one of the, I shared this at the first service, one of the intimidating factors of, of this uh, uh, 10-year vision plan is that we're, we're going to grounds that we've never really established uh, priority for. Uh, we've we've always been intentional regarding small group as that as that's a place of connectivity, a place of fellowship, a place of discipleship as well. But also the spiritual formation part of of how does that look outside of small group? Yeah. Right, small group is always going to be a part of our DNA as a church. But there's other ways of making disciples outside of small group and making disciples wherever God has planted you. Uh, throughout the week and wherever God is taking you is learning how to take that and, uh, and maneuver us into places not only of, of influence, but how do we not only engage and invite people to Jesus, but also how do we engage and invite people to grow in the relationship with him? And that comes through an internal process um, because we want to be able, we're not only reaching out to those outside of our community, but we also got to take care of the community that's here with, you know, called Northbridge. Yeah. And so um, what does that look like? I, I really don't know, but I'm fascinated on this journey because I, I do believe that it's going to take some, you know, us being able to train and equip and putting uh, materials and putting opportunities before people that they can take that uh, next step in their engagement with the Lord. But I also believe that it's going to come through a saturation of, of prayer. And this is what I, I love about this, the simplicity of our model. Um, God moves through relationships. He does. He operates and he moves, but he also operates and moves when we pray. And if we, if we know how to put those two together, mm-hmm. uh, Tony and John, I mean, it, I, I, I see this convergence of God's power. If we would just be able to champion, you know, whatever we want God to do in our life, whether it be through spiritual formations or just through evangelism, that we would just saturate that in prayer and that we become people who are knowledgeable in how God uses our prayers to do the impossible. The impossible meaning the man or woman who may be very far from Jesus bringing them to faith. The impossibility is, is raising up another generation in our students with our children that they become disciple makers. Can you, can you imagine that? What our, our children that are in our preschool and our children, you know, 15 years from now, if they were operating or 10 years from now, if they were operating in an environment of discipleship making, I, I just, it just the, mm-hmm. the possibilities of what God or where God can take them is, am, mm-hmm. is amazing. So yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm talking too much, um, which I'm well known for, but I just, I think that if we engage on relationships and on prayer where God's already moving and wants to move even more, yeah. I believe we'll see a great activity and working of God in our midst. Yeah. And there's a fourth. The so fourth you- thing, and this might be, I, it's the last one that came to the table, but I think it could potentially be the most important for us. And that is 
again, I'm a pragmatist, and I realize we've talked a lot about multiplication because, because we were founded on that. We were founded on the conviction that God, God was looking for churches and places where, where he could, his, his gospel could explode into a world that is starving for the gospel. Uh, I also realize that when you get a call from the doctor and they're telling you that that test is not good, or when you get a pink slip from your job and you're wondering what you're going to do now, or you and your spouse are desperately praying for your kid because they're making so many bad decisions and you're fearful for their lives even, or perhaps your own marriage is just hanging together by strings. And it's just, you're wondering if, you, if the winds blow the wrong way tomorrow, your life, your home is going to fall apart. I get that when you come to Sunday morning and you get the rah-rah about prayer, care, and share, that's going to leave you a little numb. I understand that when you hear and you're in that scenario and you're told just to pray harder, you're going to say, I've prayed as hard as I know how. Uh, when I am calling you to leadership, you're going to say, I can't even lead my own life. How do you expect me to lead in a church? What do you do? And for that, I have a passage of scripture that helps define. This is in Ephesians. I love Ephesians. I w- would love to be, have the honor of pastoring a church like the church in Ephesus. And Paul is saying in chapter 3 that he's praying for the people. He's praying for them. And he says he's bowing down so that everyone in this heavenly family, in this church, that they would, they would come according to the riches. I'm quoting now directly from verse 16 of chapter 3, that he's praying that according to the riches of Jesus' glory, that he would grant you, the church, to be strengthened with power through the Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. What is... What is John, what is Paul talking about? What is Paul talking about in this church? He's talking about having the ability for people to magnify the goodness of God, to come into a place and they see, they see, they know God's presence is dwelling among them and they are different. So what's the word that I'm using to describe this? I'm using the word magnification. I believe that, that we won't be able to multiply. We won't go deep in prayer. We won't develop leadership if this is not a place that when we show up on Sunday mornings, the magnification of God is happening. And while I'm saying not every time you come in, you feel tingly feelings or you get warm fuzzies all over you or anything like that. I'm not trying to describe that, but I'm trying to describe that we are a people that when we gather together, we make much of God and that people will walk out of our service more often than not saying, I have felt like I met with the Holy Spirit and he shared with me about deep and personal things and he spoke to me about what kind of person I need to become and he ministered to my soul in the most darkest of hours in my life. And so that's a church that we are committing to being, to becoming, to growing in Um, because honestly the multiplication, the prayer, the leadership... When your life is falling apart, those things won't hold water. They won't matter one bit. 
I have in my ministry been punched in the gut many times. What makes me get up and keep on moving forward? It's not because I have this commitment to multiply. It's because I've made much of God in my life and I can point to those moments that he has spoken mm-hmm. very directly to my soul and I can lean on those moments to make sense of the moments that don't make any sense whatsoever. And, uh, and so that's what we all need. And so there we have it. I mean, that's, uh, that's where we feel God is leading and moving us uh, as, as a church. And so... Um, you know, our commitment to you is that we're going we're gonna to keep reminding you of these things. Yeah. We're going to keep this in front of us. Uh, you may even get sick of us hearing and talking about it, but that's how we stay focused. That's how we stay uh, in line with where God is leading us and, and taking us. And so, you know, I, I say this, if you have questions, if you have things that you want to, uh, to talk about regarding what we've talked about today regarding this mission vision uh, that God has in store of us, I'm going to encourage you to take those to your small group. And, uh, and I, as Tony said, uh, you know, we will promise that one of, one of your pastors will meet with your small group and we'll be able to discuss yeah. some of those concerns, some of those questions uh, that you might have. If you don't have uh, a small group that you regularly attend, I'll say this, I encourage you because we'll be starting those back up in February. And so I'd encourage you to connect with, with a group and, and allow that to be a uh, part of, of your new year in building relationships. And, and, uh, and if not, if that's not possible, then, then by all means, send, uh, uh, send Tony an email. <laughs> <laughs> that's send, right. Send one of us an email and we'd be happy to answer any questions um, that you might have. I am so excited. We are so excited about... Um, what God has in store for us as a church. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah, that's right. All right. In just a minute, I'm going to go ahead and pray. In just a minute, the band's going to come up, and they're going to lead us in, in a final, final song. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for today. And um, you've heard us say this before, just when Tony and, and Dave and I meet and and, uh, and when we meet as leaders and as this church, you hear us say this, God, Northbridge is your church. It's not ours. It is your church. And God, we've just been asked to come alongside and work with you. And Father, we thank you for um, what you're doing here. I thank you so much for the people who make up this church. I thank you so much for their hearts, God. Uh, hearts to, to love you and love others and to join you, Father God, where it is that, that, uh, that you're working. And Father God, may that, be, may that be just a continual battle cry for us. God, lead us and send us. Father God, may we be in a church that is willing to stand in the gap for those who are hurting, for those who need to experience your love, your grace, your mercy, because we've been there. We understand what it's like to be there. We need to experience your forgiveness. That will be a church that will stand beside those who are lonely. Father God, would that be us? Would we be a people who are intentional in joining you in your work? Thank you, Father God, for who you are. 
Thank you that you lead us and you direct us. Thank you that you've saved us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Northridge Church Podcast. If you'd like more information about Northridge Church, you can find us online at mynorthbridge.org.